So we're going to talk about e-commerce today. We're going to try and help people who perhaps want to start an e-commerce brand understand how to do it. My name's Andy Hooper. I'm the CEO of Global E-Commerce Experts, and we successfully expand e-commerce brands into Europe. So if you're looking to set up an e-commerce business, what do you think are the principles that people need to follow? It doesn't matter whether you're expanding or whether you're new to e-commerce. There's a few things you need to consider. Who are you trying to target and can that product be sold? What is the problem you're trying to solve for that target market? And where are they? And the key bit that people need to make sure is... Our mission is to help 10 million people start and grow a business for free. We want nothing from you. In Pep Talk, we interview industry-leading experts from around the world who share actionable know-how and life lessons. That's why we're excited to partner with GoDaddy to power up Pep Talk. I've been using GoDaddy for years and would promote them on this podcast even if they didn't sponsor us. You can use their free website builder and start your online business at no cost and even get help these days with naming your business. For 40% off GoDaddy tools, click the link in the podcast notes below and use the code GDXPEPTALK. Hi Andy, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today. Perhaps we could kick off the podcast by you telling the listeners a little bit about yourself. Yeah, thanks very much for having us, Simon. So yeah, my name's Andy Hooper. I'm the CEO at Global E-Commerce Experts and we successfully expand e-commerce brands into Europe. So we're going to talk about e-commerce today. We're going to try and help people who perhaps want to start an e-commerce brand understand how to do it or those that are thinking of building one or have one and want to want to do better, perhaps get some tips from Andy today. But before we get into that side of it, I really wanted to understand, Andy, what made you start a business? How did you get started? So I think the, uh, the, the one that probably resonated, what really kicked it all off was 2008, there was a financial crash. Uh, some people will listen to this or, or remember that and some people won't. And at that point, I had a job and I had a job. I had a, you know, it was a, it was a good job. I, I loved doing the job. Uh, I was, my job was to get more people into water sports, more people into sailing. And yeah, my passion is water sports. So it was a dream job, talking to people about sailing all day and trying to find, you know, the, you know, grow the sport basically. I had a, had a great job, you know, I was earning 40, 40, 40, 40 grand a year. I had a company car, you know, I was married. I had a, or I was, no, I was getting married. I wasn't quite married yet. Uh, but I had some kids and a kid on the way and the financial crash happened. And what happened for those that remember is that, you know, if basically the banks, as, as you have a financial crash and basically a recession is everything just confines and compresses in. So if you've got a, yeah, I think we had like three grand on a credit card. Now today, you know, wouldn't mean much. But then when you're not earning that much money, three grand's a lot of money. You've got no way of finding three grand. And you, you're sort of put, trying to pull everything together. And what happens is, is the banks compress that. They then, you, I was moving the, the, the cash from one card to another to get 0% interest. Um, and they stopped all of that. So all of a sudden you're getting 50% interest because that's like the fee. And at that point, I realized at no point again do I want someone else in charge of my income and I need to find a way of solving it. And that was the moment I realized I had to have a job. Uh, I had to create a business. And was it was it really tough for you to make that transition? Because it, it's, it's all well and good saying I'm, I'm going to start a business, but you've kind of been conditioned by working for someone in a way, right? You've got used to that system. So what, what were the first few steps that you made to make that happen? I think the first thing I did is I didn't rush it. So I I didn't know at that point 
this is where I want to get to or this is what I want to do. It was about doing things to earn extra cash. So I would do car boot sales, right? I'd find stuff and I'd do it. I'd flip stuff on eBay. I'd find products, sell it on eBay. I bought products from China, sold it on Amazon. We did dog sitting. So we looked after people's dogs when they went on holiday. And then I started doing, and I, I started doing photography and started doing wedding photography. Um, so I was just finding of lots of different ways that could generate some income and find the ones that I preferred. Like, it wasn't about doing one thing. It was about finding lots of different things and seeing what worked for me, what I enjoyed, and then and then moving that on. So it wasn't, well, I'm just going to chuck my job in and start a business. It was, let's do some side hustles. Let's work out what I enjoyed doing outside. And I soon realized I just enjoyed doing business. But I enjoyed doing business with service-related there's a service related. I like serving people. Um, and that's when that all started kickstarting. And so what was the first business that, that you felt, oh, this is it. This is, this is what I want to be doing. I, I know this is the one for me. Was, was, did it, was it instantly that feeling? And, and what was it? Uh, so I, I think that the first thing that I, I built was the photography business. Uh, it was, you could generate some ads, you could send people to a website. And of course, you have to build a website, you have to do a P&L, you have to do budgets, you have to have equipment, and you have to market social media. So at that point, what happened was I started doing the wedding photography, it built up, I started doing Google ads, and my limit, I'd agreed with my employer that I would do no more than 24 a year. So when I first started, it was, you know, I could only charge because I wasn't that great, 350 quid per wedding. But each year it went up and up and up. And sort of over the years, it got up to a thousand, fifteen hundred pound per wedding, which made it a really good side hustle. Um, and it wasn't, I think it was probably about two or three years, old, let's say 2012. I, I sort of thought, I really want my own business now. How do I take this? and build out the business. And over the next two years, I started saving money so that I, instead of spending that money, I put the money to side so that I could have enough money in the bank to live for a year without, without going bankrupt. So I could leave my job for a year, have the income in the bank and be able to survive on my own. And that's, that's basically what I did. And I knew that I wanted a business. And over that next two years, I looked at all the different things that I enjoyed doing and created three businesses off the back of that. Um, some, some of which I still do and some of which I still don't. At this point, you're married. Did you have kids? Uh, yes, I had two kids. Uh, by 2012, I had a three-year-old and a nine-year-old. So that, that adds extra pressure on the finances, right? You know, you've got to provide. And so, but you still went for it, you know. So you, so you started, the first business was Lime Sports, is that right? Well, so so when I so I got to the point where I had the cash in the bank. The photo- it was Andy Huber photography, did wedding photography mainly, but that was the side hustle. And the the the, the dream was okay. I now need a business, so I, I I set up two businesses when I left my employer, and it was Lime Sports, which was a sports consultancy helping sports businesses to do business development and marketing, because. Typical sports businesses, you know, are small, nurtured businesses. They can't do everything. They don't want to do all of that. And they don't have the expertise in that, especially in the sailing marine industry. And the other thing that we set up was 3D printing. So what we did for people's weddings, we 3D scanned people on their wedding day. 
or before. Um, we sometimes did it before to create a cake topper. So your cake topper was you. It was an exact replica of you on top of your cake. And then on the wedding day, we 3D scanned you as well. So that what happened was, is you not only got your wedding photos, your wedding album, but you got a figurine of you on your wedding day. Um, so we set up those two businesses um, and that's what then, you know, what I set up, started doing in 2014 when I left, or 2015, sorry, when I left my employer to start with. Yeah, so, so I mean, but first of all, you're ahead of your time because I think now there would also be great NFTs. Sounds like you could make every wedding guest an NFT, right? I mean, there's all sorts of, of things. Are you still doing the 3D uh, printing business? No, so um, I mean, the, the 3D thing was, it's, it was great, but I don't think I had the skills at the time to really um, leverage that business further. So there's two things in hindsight that would have made that work better. One, probably 50 grand's worth of marketing to really, really pump it. And instead of me going around doing all the all the all of it, I probably should have franchised it or created a different model so that instead of me doing it just for my weddings. I gave it to all other photographers to do at their weddings to get the brand out there quicker um, in hindsight. So I got to the point where I wasn't scaling that quick enough and was looking for something else to scale. And that but in hindsight, that's what I would have done, if that makes sense. No, it's good. It's a good uh, retrospective. Appreciate the honesty as well. I think people sometimes when building businesses, you need to reflect on what your mistakes were so your next business can do better. So I think that's great. Now, um, you are famous for uh, you know, the global e-commerce experts. That, that's what I think everybody knows you for. So, so talk a little bit about that business, the business model, how that got started, and then we can get into sharing knowledge with people around how, how you think e-commerce should work. So it's strange how paths connect and people move in different ways. I mean, I'd already mentioned that I was flipping stuff on eBay and selling stuff on Amazon. So I was doing a little bit of that. Um, I wasn't doing major and it doesn't really excite me. Um, particularly like I prefer working with people and selling to people and you know, providing a service to someone, but I was doing it in, on the side. I was earning a bit of cash. It wasn't going anywhere. I wasn't devoting a huge amount of time to it. Hence why it probably wasn't growing particularly quickly, but I was just doing it as a side hustle, just something to do on the side. And I was talking to my accountant one day and said, look, Lime Sports, the photography, the 3D stuff is all great, but it's not a business that I'm, I think I can scout. Like I need to get more into management consulting, looking at options, sparked conversation, um, looked at what I was doing everywhere else. And what came out of that was, you know, what can we do slightly differently you know, the 3D printing is great, but the reality with that is there's not a 3D printer on everyone's desk. There's not, it's not mass market yet. Um, I think it probably will do when you know, it's a little bit faster, it's a little bit streamer, it's a little bit easier. And e-commerce was massively growing. And I, we sort of looked at that and uh, talking to my accountant, having a chat, we started com having a conversation and a, and a business idea essentially came to support Americans typically expand their businesses in e-commerce businesses into Europe with a multitude of different things. So the view was we would do VAT. So we'd help you know, for those that are you know, based outside of Europe, they can take their business and register it for VAT and carry on trading. Um, so that's a great way of 
you know, an e-commerce seller doing that. So we started doing that, uh, had an accountant that was doing that for us. We then recognized that those people needed a warehouse. And, that, and that's when, so we started that idea in 2016, 17, started the business officially in July 2017. And we'd really looked at how do we support these sellers? And of course, that business plan was really about VAT in a warehouse. That was it. But the reality of that, as, it, as we've grown, is that I'm a problem solver. I like solving problems. I'm a bit of an entrepreneur. I like to do new things. And when people are expanding to Europe or expanding to a new market, it's not a case of they just need one agency. They need 10 different agents. They need a shipping agent. They need a VAT agent. They need a warehouse. They need a translation company. They need all these different people. So we quickly came up with this idea that we would have, and say we, that's the team here, you know, we is how do we basically do everything for our customers? Instead of them having to come expand, which makes it incredibly difficult to have 10 people, 10 agencies, how do we get to one? How do we get there? And that took four years. So last year, middle of 2021, four years after inception, the last jigsaw, the big jigsaw piece was a shipping company. So we now do the shipping and, and basically everything's under one roof. Um, so that's, that was the inception and, the, and, and, and where we were getting to. And it's really around the methodology of successfully expanding e-commerce sellers. So the vision isn't how do we make cash? The vision is we know that there's some pretty epic brands that sell wicked products. I love buying stuff. I'm a compulsive buyer. I love buying stuff that I probably don't need. Therefore, what have they got that I'd love? And that's where it comes to, well, okay, that's an epic product. Let's get there so other people can take that. And how do we best serve them to make that happen? And to be honest, the cash follows. It's not really, obviously we focus on that as a business, but it's not how do we make cash? It's how do we successfully expand the business? I think I think you're you're highlighting an important point I don't want my listeners to, to miss, which is you're really solving a problem for someone. And if you do that, money will come. I mean, and focus on really making sure that, that problem gets solved. So in this case, a one stop shop uh, e-commerce support solution, right, which is kind of what you're, you're 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 explaining there. Yeah. If this podcast is inspiring you to start or grow a business, then I recommend you use Taylor Brands. They are our sponsor for this podcast and they help you not only craft a brand, but design merchandise and so much more. In the last year, I've used this site for every single one of my businesses. I couldn't recommend them more. And we've even negotiated a 40 percent off discount code for you. Just use PEP. P-E-P, when using their website to make your booking. Now, let's get back to the podcast. So so your first customer, you, how did you get your first customer? And then we'll get on, I want to get into the e-commerce side of it. But, but what was your first customer? How did that happen? So I'm, one of the things I learned, if we go back to the 3D thing that I said, is, is that the one thing that I didn't do right there is I didn't create partnerships with other photographers to sell the brand quicker. Um, and that was the one thing that I'd identified that, had I done that, could I do that, would probably have, have catapulted that business in a different way. So when we were looking at how do we blow this up, how do we scout a business, the one, you, it's all very well. I think I listened to something. There was a, I, I do a lot of education. So I listen a lot. I listen to a lot of podcasts. I read a lot of books. 
And one of the things that I listened to, uh, a guy called Russell Brunson, uh, founder of ClickFunnels, he had something called the Dream 100. And the Dream 100 is who is your best 100 partners? So instead of trying to get 100 sales, which gets you 100 clients, how can you partner with 100 people that gets you 10 clients each every year? So you get 1,000 new clients every year. Right. Sorry. Um, hold on. Yeah. Thousand new clients every year. Right. So how do we do that? And that was the one thing we take took into this business. So what we did is we created some partnerships with people um, around lots of different you know, what we did. Right. And we went to those partners and said, this is what we do. This is how we do it. And that is how we got our first customers. Um, it, I, you know, I can't remember the first one, but. You know, it was is more a case of oh, you can do that. Okay, let me start sending you some people because we had a problem that needed to be solved. So, 2016, basically every marketplace meant that if you're selling on a market, an e-commerce seller selling on a marketplace, you had to be VAT registered. There was a problem. We had the solution, and partners were like, oh, we're talking to clients all the time that have got this problem. You can solve that. We we're like, yeah, and they were like, oh, we'll just start sending you people, and. That's how that initially worked. It was about creating partnerships with people, not selling to individuals. And we've not done, since that day, we've spent £4,000 on marketing in ads. That was a complete waste of money, probably because we didn't get dulled in. Uh, but we've grown the, the business and doubled every year, tripling this year, which is amazing, based on partnerships, not you ads sales or anything like that i think that's an amazing insight again for the audience that's the partnerships is so overlooked people go out there and start selling themselves and doing facebook ads or whatever and actually just you know connecting to a network of people that already have those clients and finding synergy is actually marketing genius and and overlooked uh, so let's just talk about some practical steps what do you think is that from what you've seen and on the many many people that you help in the e-commerce space that's best practice if you're looking to set up an e-commerce business what, what do you think are the principles that people need to follow so we have a what we would call a, a seven steps pathway a success pathway and it doesn't matter whether you're expanding or whether you're new to e-commerce there's a few things you need to consider. The first thing is market research and target market. So who who are you trying to target? Um, and what does that look like? And can that product be sold? What is the problem you're trying to solve for that target market? Um, and where are they? So, you know, you need to be able to reach them. You need to be able to solve the problem. You need to be able to do a whole host of different things you know, if you're getting into e-commerce and you're thinking about a product, the product's got to solve a problem, you know, and now products are all about, I think the time of, I'll buy something from China, I'll just stick it on Amazon, I'll sell it, is long gone. It's about creating a brand, a lifestyle around that. The, the brands that we see successful right now are the ones, or the e-commerce sellers, are the ones that create brands. It's a brand that has a purpose, a brand that has a mission, a vision that solves a problem that sellers can actively target. And it's not about selling products. It's about solving the problem to support people in whatever, you know. And, and I think that's where, you know, sellers now, people new to the industry need to be focused not on, 
oh, let me just create a widget that someone else has done and just tweak it slightly and put it online and sell it. I'm not saying that doesn't work because it does. And we've got thousands of clients that do exactly that. But realistically, if you want to grow an e-commerce brand, you need a purpose, a vision and a problem to solve. So the seven steps, I think I've wrote down three, you know, market research, what problem are you solving, create a brand and a purpose. Did I, what did I miss? So, well, the, 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 the seven steps, really, the first one is market research. So that, that's the first step. The next step is compliance, because the key bit that people need to make sure is, is that their business is compliant. And their product is compliant. So once you've done all the market research, you've got all that set up. At that point, you need to make sure that your product's compliant with the regulations. Because it's all very well designing a product, but it's actually legal. Then make sure your business. So that's the next step is compliance. The third step is launching on a marketplace. Which marketplace is best for your product? Where is your target market? We, we discussed that piece. Where is the target market that you need that, that's got your product? If you're selling, you know, a product that's perfect for Amazon, you know, lots of products are great for Amazon, right? You can get that on Amazon. If you're selling a handmade product, Etsy. If you're selling furniture, Wayfair. If you're selling, you know, on Amazon, what other platforms are available? eBay, OnBuy, Frugo, you know, and then you then look at that and go, well, let's stick to the market we know. Okay, first point. If you're already in the UK, you're setting up in the UK, use the UK first, right? You know that market is straightforward. Um, and, and, and obviously, the last part about that is making sure you're shipping and getting the products to where you need them to be. Because, if you've got them compliant, you need to ship them somewhere. You know, where are you get it made? Where can you source those products? And now sourcing is really, really important about you because a container from China once was $3,000, is now $20,000. You know, it depends on how and where and all the rest of it. You've got to be really careful on that. So that's like the third step. Then you need a warehouse, potentially, both UK and Europe. Next step is promotion. Then website. Do you need to build your own website? Actually, some e-commerce sellers might decide that a website is the best way to start, create their own Shopify store. So, you know, that although is that that's step six for us, because we deal with mainly marketplace sellers, you could swap the marketplace launch in step three for the website if you wanted to launch it. And just on that piece, if you're thinking, well, which way do I go? The way to look at it is a marketplace has the traffic, but you'll give them more cash. Your own website will have no traffic and you'll have to pay for ads. You'll own the data on your website. A marketplace will own the data, not you. And there's different ways of looking at different pros and cons and everything else. And then the last step, growth, is all about growing the business, scaling the business, getting into retail maybe, moving, expanding to Europe, expanding to the States or if you're in the UK, if you're in the US, expanding over here. And lastly, exiting. How do you exit that business with a strong exit that gives you a multiple five, six, seven, not a one, two, three? Well, I think exit could be a whole uh, podcast on its own. We should have you <laughs> yeah. back and talk about that. I'd love, love to talk about exit. I've actually exited a few businesses too. I actually think that's a really interesting subject. But um, we are actually sponsored by GoDaddy. So I'm sure, I'm sure um, they won't mind me asking this. And hopefully, um, you know, feel free, please give the answer that's right for the audience. Uh, just because we're sponsored by GoDaddy doesn't have to be this. But you mentioned there, you know, a website and, and going and working with a marketing partner. Do you think there is 
Um, do you have a personal opinion on which way people should go there? Now, GoDaddy will want you to say build a website, by the way. But but I wonder what you personally think, honestly think about for the listeners, what's best for them. Is it is it better to just invest in that platform yourself or are you better off initially perhaps going to a marketplace and maybe later building a website for yourself? So I would say it depends on where your skills lie. So everyone's got a different skill set. If you've had experience of doing ads in the past, you're running Facebook ads, social ads, YouTube, Google ads, whatever that might be, then I would suggest that the best way to start would be your own website because you can build your own site and at that point you can drive traffic to it. If you've got skills and expertise in doing that, that's an amazing way to start. If you don't have skills and expertise in growing a community, you building building a, a, a tribe and, and doing ads, I would suggest going towards a marketplace because the marketplace has already got all of that. You know, Amazon, let's take them as the, you know, as the global leader, if you like. They've already got a tribe of people that use Amazon. So you haven't got to worry about ads per se. Yes, there's ads inside Amazon that you'll need to master, but that's that's a lot simpler than trying to generate traffic elsewhere. So I would say it really depends on where your skills lie as an individual to make that call. Great both advice. routes will end up in the same place if you do it right. Yeah, it's, it's such great advice. I think listeners understanding what their skill set is. Maybe if you've got a co-founder and one of you is good at the, the, the sales and marketing side. I mean, I definitely think the point you made earlier about owning the client relationship and, and having that direct communication and contact is hugely, hugely valuable. But I have a marketing skill set, so I know that so well. But like you say, if you don't, I think starting off in a marketplace, is, is it sounds like a, a good option for people that perhaps uh, maybe they know the product side, um, but they don't necessarily know uh, the, the sales and marketing side. So such great advice, Andy. So with that, actually, you talked about your co-founder. I think that's a really, really important part that you know, when you're looking to set something up, you don't always have to do this on your own. And you need to identify where your skill set is. And actually, if you're strong in one area, how do you bring someone else in that's got the opposite? You know, if you are visionary ideas, how do you bring someone in that's detailed and focused and can drive a project through to the end? Because Actually, by doing it together, you've got to be really careful. You find the right person. Make sure you've got everything agreed up front. But the reality is actually doing stuff together is a lot more rewarding, actually. You know, we all want to set up our own business and we all want to be, you know, I'm the big I am. I, I get that and I totally agree with that in some ways. But I can tell you it's a lot more fun doing it with other people. And, and people should consider that, especially when you're doing a side hustle. Actually, if, you know, if you've got someone you know that's got opposite, opposite skills, bring them in and do the side hustle together. Because actually doing it together, you know, as a side hustle to start with, you'll identify whether they're the right person to carry on doing that. And you're sharing the work. It's a great way of doing it. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I recently interviewed Nick Jenkins, the founder of Moonpig. Uh, he, he he said the opposite. He loved being uh, in complete control and didn't want a co-founder. And I think it goes back to what you said earlier, know yourself, really. Uh, but you and I, Andy, the same. I, 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 I've started 18 companies and 12 of them with co-founders. And the 12 I started with co-founders were 10 times more successful. And I personally enjoyed it a lot more. So it is a personality thing, partly what you're talking about. But if you get the right partner with different skill sets, same moral code, couldn't agree with you more. It is so much more rewarding. And you can follow through. Better to have 50% of a success than 100% of something you don't enjoy that's not going anywhere. So, um, But great advice, Andy. 
Andy, look, I, I could talk to you all day long. As you know, this podcast is only around 20 minutes, so people can quickly jump in, learn the knowledge, and jump out. But I just want to end with one question for you before um, we end today's podcast and say, if you went back to your younger self and gave some advice, um, perhaps, you know, that, that, that Andy in 1997, who was a manager at John Lewis, um, I was just looking at your CV, um, you know, how, how, you know what, what would you say? So I would say, don't believe, two things. Don't believe everything that people have told you in the past. So if you're at school, you're at school, you're in education and, you know, you're doing okay, but let's be honest, you might not enjoy it. The teachers are a bit like a bit of a dropout. You just don't enjoy it. And you think education isn't for you. You just need to find what you're excited about, which leads on to the point of you need to educate yourself and learn and understand and find what excites you. So for me, in 1997, when I was at John Lewis and I was getting on the train every day and I was spending two and a half hours every day going into London and out of London, actually, uh, all right, I appreciate that we didn't have an iPhone that I could listen to a podcast on quite as easy. I totally get that. But what could I have done to educate myself? I read a paper. Every, I used to buy the Times every morning and the Evening Standard on the way home every night. One, I could have saved myself a pound a day. Had I saved myself a pound a day, I could have bought a book. And that book I could have read. I should have educated myself. And it wasn't until I got to about 30, 2008, when I thought, how do I get and grow the business? You, I'm 30 where do I need to go and what do I need to do? Right, I need to educate myself. How, what do I need to learn? And I went through podcasts, books, everything to see what was available and see what I wanted to do. And some of the stuff I liked, some of the stuff I didn't, but don't believe just because you didn't enjoy education in maths, English, science, by not being inspired by your teachers, that education isn't for you. You need to find what inspires you, motivates you, and can push you to the next level. Because every single person has got it inside them to build a business, grow a business, start a business, just move a step forward or closer to your dreams. Don't believe that because someone once told you that you can't do anything, that you've got to sit on the sofa and do nothing. Andy, I'm feeling so energized right now. Your your energy and your enthusiasm and your positive support means a lot, I think, to my audience. And I, I'm feeling it. So thank you for that. And totally right. You know, educate yourself. Don't don't sit back and expect people to educate you. Go out there and, and be hungry and uh, and find your purpose. Andy, thank you so much for taking time out to share knowledge. And we'll definitely have you back to talk about exits and appreciate you so much. No worries. I appreciate you. Thank you very much, Simon. Thanks to the audience. Cheers. for listening to pep talk we hope you enjoyed it don't forget to follow the purposeful project on all our social media channels where we're giving away even more free business secrets and entrepreneurial value again we'd like to thank our sponsor godaddy for powering this podcast from naming a business to buying a domain name to building your website for free godaddy has you covered for 40% off godaddy tools click the link in the podcast note below and use the code gdx pep talk see you next time entrepreneurs and remember you're not alone